And we are live on Rockfin, I believe. I'm going to wait a second here until I see that red light pop up and I can hit the go live button. I know sometimes there's a bit of a delay, but we have a, a little bit of a surprise show planned today that I think you guys are going to enjoy. All right, there we go. All right, let's get this intro going here. By intro, I mean a musicless intro because... It's just me and a guest today. So the world's a crazy place right now. Our government's top priority domestically appears to be silencing dissidents while internationally. The goal seems to be to trigger World War III. And if the threat of global war wasn't stressful enough already, the culture war continues to wage here at home. Gender identity, critical race theory, competing definitions of wokeness. There's no shortage of issues that the powers that be can use to divide and rule us. In such a connected world where all this stuff is in our face constantly, this can be very overwhelming, disempowering, and really just bum people out. It's like the perfect time to be blackpilled in the world right now, which is why today I have a great guest on who is going to talk about some more hopeful, empowering things that, that we can all do in the world that just doesn't get attention in the media, but should get a lot more attention. Guys hosting a festival, do-it-yourself festival here in Georgia called the Great Create Welcome back to the show, filmmaker, host of Liberty Libations podcast, and now festival organizer, and just dude who knows how to get stuff done, Jake Green. Welcome back to the show. Jake, how's it going? Great. What an intro. Thank you, man. I was really, because I really wanted to, I, I'm impressed by the work that you do, and I want to really help, help people see that I think that your ability to get stuff done in, in a world right now where people can just feel stuck just by the circumstances and the way that they're told the world is. And I think that you can help them see like a different different perspective on the world. So just tell us about who you are and about this, the upcoming festival, The Great Create. Yeah, man. Um, I'm a filmmaker. I, I work a lot with the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Um, I run both of our podcasts, uh, Liberty Libations and the Free Georgia podcast. Um, yeah, and we decided... so. You know, every year there's a convention, Libertarian convention in each state. Um, Libertarian Party puts it on. And generally, they're really good for libertarians and libertarians only. And they're kind of boring. It's exhausting to go to. It's a lot of business stuff. It's a lot of like inside baseball, like behind the scenes stuff that no, no normal people aren't going to want. Right. And that's the that's a, a challenge with the Libertarian Party is getting over that and connecting to a broader audience. Exactly. So um, our director of marketing, um, Elizabeth Melton, decided this year that we're going to try something new and we're going to try to basically put on a festival, um, something where anybody who has any interest in a whole bunch of different things um, can come in and feel at home and feel welcome and and learn a bunch of stuff. So we, we you know, for our vendors this year, we invited a whole bunch of folks who specialize in like self-sufficiency and self-sustaining and building new skills. Um, so we have just a slew of different folks who can offer just a bunch of different ways to enhance your personal life and be, allow you to become more reliant on yourself and your immediate community rather than reliant on, you know, whatever the government decides to do today or tomorrow or 10 years in the future. Right. Yeah. So, a lot of people, they've been getting storable food. Crypto is something that some people have gotten into. I know that some people have backed away from it because of what's been going on lately. All of the uncertainty, it can feel like like a day. What if they shut off the grid? They flip the switch. I'm helpless. You, you guys are like, this festival is like, no, you're not. Yes. Here's why. So what are you most excited about? Man, there are just a whole bunch of different things on here. What I'm trying to get into recently is 3D printing. So Nick Soselski and a couple other folks are, are doing a 3D printing um, workshop, basically, and giving you like the, an intro to 3D printing, which I've not gotten into yet, sadly. Um, very annoyed at myself for not learning that years ago. But it's, you know, it's just a lot when you're when you're doing a whole bunch of stuff, learning a new skill can can take quite a while and a lot of your time. So, yeah, it's yeah. Painful. It's like physically painful. As Aristotle talking about the pain and learning, it's you creating these new nodes in your brain, which causes like actual pain and is a deterrence to it. But you know, you you keep repeating it. But three D printing. I saw a guy at a Halloween party this past year, yeah. and people were asking about each other's costumes and stuff. And, and he goes, "Yeah, I three D printed my whole costume." And I was like, "What?" 
and he started explaining, you know, how he did it, which I, I didn't understand it at all. What what kind of application do you see that having, and for this idea of uh, self sustainability? Man, you can't like for me and my wife, we build a whole bunch of stuff in our house, and we have to repair a whole bunch of stuff. We we don't really call a handyman unless we absolutely have to. And it's something that I literally cannot figure out how to do. Um, so for us, it's a lot of like little parts replacements, like, you know, this, the little tab on your dishwasher breaks, you know, print a new one, pop it in there. You don't have to order one and, you know, wait weeks to get it. Um, so it's, it, for us, it's a lot of like maintenance stuff. Um, and That's then cool. eventually I'm sure once I get the hang of it, I'll be able to build, you know, a whole bunch of different things. Okay. Print a new arm if something happens, a new, new organ. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure the tech will get there eventually. You can just print organs at home. Absolutely. I, I've seen some of the research where they're they're trying to do that. I'm, I'm sure that they've done some very twisted experiments about it somewhere. I'm sure I, they have. I'm looking at some of the themes here mm-hmm. and going to be building community. You have speakers, there's going to be entertainment, parallel institutions. Tell me a little bit about the the parallel institutions angle. Yeah. So things like, uh, things other than like rumble, I mean, things other than like YouTube where you can, where you can have streaming platforms like rumble and odyssey. And, um, there, there are, um, payment processors that are, that are breaking off from the regular like Stripe and all that kind of stuff. Visa, you know, everything that is more regulated by the government and way more, under scrutiny more often. Um, so there's a bunch of uh, just different platforms, different ways of living that are outside of what you would consider, I guess, what the institutional things bring you is convenience and efficiency. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is really hard to push up against. Yeah, you know, it is. It's really hard to get people to be a little, do things a little less more like a less convenient and uh, a little less efficient just to be a little more independent. Right. We were talking about Rumble before the show, how it's, yeah. it's a great platform, but there are you know, some hangups. Like you got to put the video up to do the live stream. You can only do it uh, a certain period of time in advance, which can deter people. Like I don't set up a stream on, live, on Rumble all the time just because it becomes a bit of a hassle. But the more you get your videos kicked off YouTube and you get strikes, the less you're concerned about those obstacles. Yes. Hundred percent, and so yeah, like for for me, the most frustrating one so far has been Odyssey. Like, I love the platform, I love the look of it, um, but I just you can only upload certain megabytes per second, which I know we're in the weeds, but like, man, it is a frustrating platform at times. But it's a great totally. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm glad it's it's built up some momentum, and hopefully, it will continue. What about the seed swap? I see here on the Great Create website. Man, that is the one I do not know much about. No one's told me about it. I don't know who to contact as far because <laughs> I, di- I didn't contact most of these people. I've done a few podcasts like uh, Dave Miller, Edgar Mills, Kristen Hammock, um, a few others. I've done podcasts with them. Um, but SeedSwap, <laughs> somebody else signed that vendor and I don't know who to contact for seed swap. <laughs> it's interesting. It sounds like a, one of those Christmas parties where you swap presents and said, this is, this is like, you know, when the, the shit hits the fan, these are the seeds you're going to have. Yeah. You, know, you get them at the, uh, the, exactly. the, the DYI, the great create. So how would you, or what would you recommend to people? We were talking a little bit a moment ago, people feeling stuck, like, like they just can't get out from underneath it and get action going on things they want to do because whether it's work, bills, whatever's going on, you don't have that problem. You, you've made that documentary uh, divide and what's it called? How to, how to take back freedom. Basically how the powerful steal more power. That's right. Yeah. I, I watched it. It's such a, it's such a great documentary and you pretty much, you, then you contact Shane Hazel and pitch it to him, and you did like all of that, mostly yourself, with a small crew, low budget, and it's a fantastic film. I believe it's on Amazon. It got picked up on Amazon, didn't it? Yes, it I, I mean, that, that's, that's an impressive thing to do. People don't realize how difficult it is to, to make a movie. I mean, it's really hard. There's so many things that go, could go wrong. You have the podcast you do. You have a couple podcasts. Now you're working on this. You have the Libertarian Party stuff that you do. How, what advice would you give to people to just start getting stuff done? Man, that's a tough one. I, my whole life, I've kind of been outside the norm, um, just as far as 
not wanting to conform to anything. And so you kind of are stuck with having to learn a whole bunch of skills that, that you didn't have because you don't want to rely on other people. Um, like as far as I can tell from people I've been hanging out with for the last couple of years, you you just got to start with one thing and just be persistent on that one thing. So like me and my wife don't really, me and my wife didn't have just started cold plunging every single day. What is, Oh, that's like, uh, the, uh, what's the guy's name? I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, Vim Hoff. Yes. That, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. So we, we have a cold plunge out back now and it is, it takes a whole bunch of mental effort to get Dude. up and get in the freaking cold plunge. Yeah. But if you just say, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 days, 60 days, like just one thing, you don't have to change everything. Just figure out one thing that you think is achievable for the next 60 days and just do it every single day, whether it's, you know, one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, you don't have to commit a ton of time to it. Just dedicate yourself to like, just commit to doing something one time a day for two or three months. And man, the the payoff in that mentally is a lot. Yeah. It, it, you don't have to do it all at one time and it breaks, you know, day by day. uh, It makes it uh, achievable. I I think we see these things that we want to do sometimes and it seems just a, a huge a task task to do it mm-hmm. um but when we look at it like that it, it can be broken down into something that we can do in fact i think that they they probably want people to feel like things aren't achievable and they want them to see seem overwhelming so that they they don't when i say they i mean just people who are in power and control um 100 you're, you're completely right like when you when you if someone were just to be like i want to make a movie and you think about every single thing that has to go into that movie. Oh, You're never going to start ever. No, all you have to do is make that first connection. Like with me and Shane, all I did was send him a tweet. I just messaged him on Twitter. So just yeah. make that first step and that can go a long way. And then yep. you'll get an idea the next time you'll get an idea the next, you know, and it just keeps snowballing from there. Totally. I, I, I've done similar stuff where I've, I've gotten some work where I was just like, I'm going to reach out to somebody because I think that they're that uh, we could work together and do something cool and uh, doesn't always work, but it's worked far more times than I thought it would have. I think sometimes people might be like, I don't know what to say, or they would never respond to me uh, if they were reaching out to somebody that might have had a, a big platform or something. Mm-hmm. But you'd be surprised sometimes uh, it, it, what response you could get and what people are, are willing to do if you just tell them w- what your thoughts are and, and how you think that you could work together in a beneficial way for both of you and for whatever causes you guys are after. So I, I encourage that all the time, man. Like when people talk about getting jobs and stuff, of course it's different now than when I was out applying for jobs years ago. Uh, like now it's just almost like AI just screens all your resumes and stuff like that. And it, it's like a computer deciding it. I used to be anti all of the requirements. I'm like, if you want to get a job or you want to do something that it doesn't matter if it's available, if it's like, right. you know, help wanted type thing. Just find companies and stuff that you want to work with and find out who to contact and don't send them a resume and just like leave it up to it this passive way. Because if you're following this checklist of things that determine, mm. you know, it's inflexible that determine whether or not you're qualified or not. And you don't have the same like educational credentials or whatever, or experience as everybody else, then by following that structure, you are automatically eliminating yourself by showing that you're not good enough. So screw that because it's just arbitrary. They're just trying to find the person who can help them the most. So make that easy for them by specifically communicating what you can do and in what way and just going to them directly. And that worked for me like a a whole bunch. I, I got jobs that I was completely unqualified for in a sense that I didn't have the educational experience. I could do it, but my right. experience was just different. And I applied like my, my background in comedy and entertainment to what they were doing. And the response I got from that versus sending in actual job resumes was like a thousand percent more responses. And once you free yourself from having to follow those rules, you're like, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. People want to work with people that they get along with. Like, yeah, if you just send a resume that that means absolutely nothing to them. They're just checking off little boxes. If you show like if, if you show up or call or what, like some personal communication, 
you're going to, you're way more likely to get the job, you know, get whatever you're going for. Like people want to work with people that, that are agreeable and they get along with and everybody can yeah. continue to work. You know, you don't want to be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> All right. It's amazing <laughs> how that philosophy is just kind of out the window right now with mm. The, the people being conditioned to to be outraged because the people who are the most outraged get the most attention by the media, get the most tweets and likes, and yes. it's it's sucks. Nobody nobody wants to freaking work with somebody who at any moment they're worried is gonna, you know, file a complaint with mm. with, with some organization about you know you looked at me wrong, you're harassing me. I, I know people who are in that situation mm -hmm. who unfortunately they they have worked with people who've been bitten by that kind of woke uh, disease where not, they did absolutely nothing wrong. It's totally a person exploiting it. And they, they've had to get like lawyers and stuff involved because it's unbelievable how bold people are in thinking that they can just say, you did me wrong because I fit a category and I'm going to try to ruin your life for it. And it's, I mean, it's nuts, man. Nobody wants to hire a person like that. No, no, it's, it's, I don't know how it started, but we've become a very narcissistic, selfish kind of yeah. country, like yeah. just on the individual level and not everybody like I, I, you know, there are tons of great people out there, but yeah. if you're, if you're dealing with folks online, it, it, it's, it's rough to see, see the white, you know, get white pilled. <laughs> right. I think people, it's just. I have to do it all the time. Step back and remind myself that online and what the media projects is not at all what reality is. You know, when you go out and talk to people and uh, like live in person and stuff, you, you realize that they, they don't highlight what's really what America really is. They only highlight the extremes of it, which yeah. it does try. It does kind of manifest in certain areas, but it's not reality. They, they want it to be because it's like I loved when I saw when we first met and I, I saw your documentary. I love the title. I love the concept of it because I've always been a big fan of highlighting the divide and rule strategy that has been used to turn society against each other and make people look away from these elites who are who are pulling all the strings. It's such an effective tactic. Like you can be aware of it and you can even know you're being emotionally pulled one way or another and still have a hard time you know, stopping yourself from doing that. But I think the more we bring those techniques out into the open, the more empowered people are. That's always been my philosophy. The more we can be aware of the propaganda strategies, strategies and tactics people use, the better we can overcome them and the more we can start to kind of connect. And as we connect with each other and stop fighting and look towards them, they're going to be fucking terrified, man. Yeah. And they're trying their best to keep that from happening. Like the amount of times that I was told over the past three years, don't do your own research or you're an idiot for doing <laughs> so your own crazy, research. Man. It's bananas. Like the number of people that are completely propagandized that will say to your face, you don't know what you're talking about. That is misinformation or disinformation or some BS. When I literally have the proof right in front of their face, they will it's, look at it's it. It's astounding. Yeah. They'll yeah. Just turn away. And the extraordinary thing is, Media literacy, as they talk about it in the news, what they teach is they teach people in those situations you just described to turn their head away, not even engage in the content of what's being said, because it could be a virus that you might unintentionally spread if you allow it to get in your, into your head. They, they compare it to like COVID and the pandemic, and I, I, they call it attitudinal inoculation. And they're like, you should only determine like what information you look at based on if the source giving you the information is an authoritative source. So right. that, that is what it, media literacy is teaching people not to think, to, yeah, to trust, trust the, the New York Times or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's nuts, just man. And they call it critical. Th it's not critical thinking. No. It's and they, the they roll kids out to teach these videos of it, too. It's just really it's pretty awful in my opinion yeah, that's terrible that is what, what, was, what was you just called it something inoculation attitude attitudinal inoculation is one thing that they call it that's they terrifying i phrase. know it's awful <laughs> they, they there's a paper they wrote on it i think it was published like last year by stanford research institute and it, it's it's combined with the pre-bunking stuff mm. and another one is truth sandwich so all of those which is just God. I kind of want to make a documentary now called Ad Attitudinal Inoculation. So it's a good name, right? It's totally a good name. <laughs> so what are some of the 
I'm looking at the speakers and the mm-hmm. workshop not workshops, but you have yeah, I see you have Derek Bros is going to be there yes, speaking. He's a big name in the uh, independent media community. He's done a lot of great work. Uh, and you have uh, Reed Coverdale, Shane Hazel is going to be there. Uh, you got a really good lineup that is going to be rolling out. You're going to have some entertainment, some comedy. I think Adam Nutter is going to be there. He's been on the show. He's a really funny guy. And w- what about this create section? We have create new ideas and create culture. Do you, what's the philosophy behind that that you guys are going to be talking we, about? You know, we, outside of you know the Republican and Democratic Party where – most people, I guess, identify. Um, we we're trying to create our own type of media, like our own section of culture where people can come and learn completely different things than what they're taught in the mainstream or in the you know corporate press or whatever. And so, you know, the Free Georgia podcast, we started that. I guess technically it was started a couple of years ago, but I took it over and rebranded it last year. Um, and I try to highlight a bunch of stuff around Georgia. Um, yeah. like complaints from, from citizens about, you know, police, city council, that kind of thing. Um, I've been highlighting a bunch of the people who are coming to the great create, um, talking about their businesses and how they help people become a little more self-sustainable. Um, and yeah, with, with like the create culture part, like, uh, all these comedians, uh, Amanda Miller, she's got a great story. She is daywalker comedy. If you want to go find her on YouTube, she's got a crazy story. She, she lived in LA, saw that things were not going to go how she thought they were going to go. Um, moved here. She still can't, she still is uncomfortable, um, broadcasting that she is daywalker comedy because she thinks that she'll end up getting canceled because she's, she's a pretty big voice actor. Interesting. Yeah. And so, so she, she's yeah. going to be there um, doing some comedy. Um, so doing- she thinks she'd get canceled by progressive left. If, yeah. if, if, okay. That's, yeah, she works in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. We both uh, have worked in, in the entertainment industry. A lot of my friends are in the closet about their political beliefs as mm-hmm. well. And I, I tell them, I'm like, look, dude, there's like this whole other sect of society that doesn't have any entertainment made for them. Yep. Which is why Greg Gutfield is number one at late night, who's not right. even a comedy show, because they're craving something. I'm like, just fucking embrace what you want to do and stop trying to cater to people who at any moment, uh, if you say or do the wrong thing, will try and cancel you for something stupid. Yep. I fear is a powerful tool, man. It, Absolutely. That's how, that's how you control masses of people is by instilling in them fear. And I can't like, yeah, the number of people that are stuck in like the Hollywood system who have completely opposite views of what the majority of people in that system have. And they just don't feel like they can speak what they actually think because they'll never work again. Um, yeah. This is, this is why right. like Daily Wire, you know, Daily Wire broke off and yeah, started yeah. their own production company and started making movies. You know, yeah. They, uh, Tim cast a little bit of that. Too. I know people yep. they have their thoughts on both of those organizations, but th- what they're doing it's good that that's happening. Yes. And, you know, if, if you don't like their philosophy or whatever, anybody can do that, not at the scale with financially that they can, right. but the power to do that does rest in, in your hands. Like one of my friends, I'm like, dude, just find a list of companies. It was a little bit easier to do this maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. Mm. Find a list of companies that openly are like, we don't care if you wear a mask or we have no vaccine, which is whatever. Because I'm like, you know, those people align with the way that you see the world. So be like, Hey, I love what you're doing. I love this. I think we should work together about something, make a list of those companies. And those are the people that are going to embrace you. You don't have to walk on eggshells trying to, uh, you know, hope that they don't ask for a vaccination status or, or hope that they don't do something weird and, and, you know, ha- try to hashtag me to you for saying hi to them the wrong way. Right. Right. No, exactly. And what I what drives me crazy is when people like if you don't agree with me on 100 percent, then I can't be <laughs> right. And yeah, so, yeah. like, if I don't know if you if you were aware, but a few weeks ago, there was a anti-war rally in, in D.C. Um, rage against the war machine. I think uh, I did see something about that. the Libertarian Party came together with the freaking Communist Party to put wow. on an anti-war like rally. It was unbelievable. Like yeah. that's what we need. You need to get together on the biggest issues you have and actually push those issues into the, into the forefront. Right. Don't let one toxic issue that yeah. the media pushes on you poison the well 
and make you hate the other people. It, the way that we look at, quote, the other side when that happens and, and react to them is we're reacting to the stereotype of those people, of those groups that are propagated by the media, which is not who they are individually. We're, we're not listening to them at a personal level. And we're not reacting to the uniqueness of them because if we actually did that, then we would come together, we would grow, we would find common ground, but nobody's actually listening to anyone else when they're emotionally triggered in, in a tribal way. It's those stereotypes driving everything. Yes. How can people get tickets to this? Man, go to thegreatcreate.org. Uh, tickets, if, you're, if you have kids, 16 and under is free. Um, I believe tickets are only 42 bucks. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a link on the homepage. For, yeah, 42 bucks. If you want to be a vendor, um, we have a whole bunch of vendors and we're accepting vendors, I believe, up until the day before, before the festival. So it's 62. It's, a, it's 20 extra dollars to be a vendor. Um, you can sell whatever you want. We basically have, we're trying to make this as free and open as possible without, you know, getting shut down. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. We've got a beer maker there. He's going to be giving out samples. You know, we've got uh, all sorts of stuff. Happening. That's cool. I remember last year, um, one guy showed up and just had edibles and, and joints <laughs> and was just passing them out. <laughs> like it was, it was an interesting time and cops were around and they did absolutely nothing. It was bizarre. Really? Yes. Wow. I have no idea how he got away with it. I wonder that first person to, well, I guess he was since he passed them out. I, I kind of be yeah. like, dude, let me see the cop take one first. Then maybe I'm all in. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. We were all just waiting for that moment. That's funny, dude. Arrested, but he never did. <laughs> A mass arrest of people on edibles. And uh -huh. uh, this is in Perry, Georgia from May 12th to May 14th at yes. Cherokee Pines, right? That's where, that's where the Georgia National Fair is, is in Perry, Georgia. They have a lot of oh, great really? open land there. Yeah, it's one of the best fairs you'll ever go to. Nice. Yeah, Cherokee Pines, I, I believe it's an old uh, uh, like golf club, golf resort, um, and we're taking it over for the weekend. And to be clear, May 12th and 13th are the festival days, and the 14th yeah. is business day. Oh, that's um, when you get so, down to business. Yeah, that, that's when, uh, if, if you have decided to join the Libertarian Party, that's when you can come into business and vote on all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, we've just put the schedule up this past week. Uh, we have, let's see, we're showing three three feature films, two of which are mine, and then we're doing a block of short films. Um, awesome. So we haven't released what which short films they are, but um, I have it narrowed down to about seven or eight, and I gotta I gotta pick six of them. I think <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What is your see that that's really cool because filmmakers, if they know about this, that mm -hmm. encourages them. To, to make a film that yes. doesn't have to align to the standards of Hollywood. People are stuck in that Hollywood model, which it, it's kind of dead. I mean, it still has a lot of money to it, but there's other opportunities. What's the other film that you're doing? I know you have Divide and Dominate. Yeah, I've got uh, Endure Lebanon. Um, that was my first documentary. Uh, it's a, I follow a music producer who travels to different parts of the world um, and makes albums with people who've been affected by some pretty terrible things. Yeah. So he, we went to Lebanon where he found a whole bunch of Syrian refugees who have you gone, went over there. Yeah. Yeah. They've gone through, man, the, the album that came from that movie is unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, like that's really such like an interesting idea stuff. And so that's actually my, my next, my next film is, is uh, like a follow up to that one. It'll be the next iteration. We're doing a whole series. How'd you get involved with that one? Well, I, <laughs> So I've actually known the music producer since I was six years old. Um, so we're, we're buddies. We go on a trip every year together. And uh, yeah, he went to the music world and I went to the film world. So I, he wanted to start doing this. And I said, I want to film it. He actually invited me along to help him with the like recording of music and everything. And I said, no, I'm going to film you struggling to record everything by yourself. So, yeah, that's the cool part is figuring is that process of, of creating. I think that's what a lot of people are interested in. We see the mm -hmm. final products of things, but it's getting to that. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, you don't just wake up one day and put together a, uh, an album. It, it takes a yes. lot of hard work, just like uh, every, anything else. And so, some of the, the schedule here, like the situational awareness thing, piques my interest anyway. I, I I love reading like 
uh, documents from on the DOJ's website, the manuals that talk about you know psychological warfare and situational awareness yeah. training stuff like that. Uh, and, do you, you know, know Edgar Mills? I do not know him. So, dude, I, you I, should have him on the show. He, yeah, he's a great guest. He was on the uh, Free Georgia podcast. He yeah. he offers some great stuff. He does a lot of firearms training. He was a Green Beret. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, and he does some uh, like survivalist training as well. Yeah, dude, I love stuff. Like, if I had enough money to just not have to do anything at all, I would just like want to turn myself into a weapon. You know, like Jack yeah. Bauer. <laughs> yes, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do that. That's like a childhood dream, right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got mushrooms one hundred and one, dude. The amount of nerding out that me and my wife have done on mushrooms for the past two months isn't like she made she made us join the Mushroom Club of Georgia, which is a thing, and it's like a big thing. Like they go on walks to they go foraging for mushrooms yeah. every other week in the woods. And like the number of mushrooms that are medicinal and edible just in your backyard are it's insane. It's insane how much how much food you walk past every single day. Just yeah. there on the ground for free. I'm always terrified that I'm going to pick the wrong one. Yeah. Oh, you you really need to identify it. That's for sure. Like if you don't have a really specific identification of that mushroom, um, don't eat it. <laughs> right. I, I would right. not advise just eating a random mushroom. That's a bad uh, yeah. idea. <laughs> I remember when I was younger and it had rained or something and I, I went outside at my parents' house and all these mushrooms were there and I was like, free drugs everywhere. <laughs> not exactly. Not exactly that. <laughs> if they're growing out of cow shit, then yeah, probably. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Board game presentation. You know anything about that? I don't know anything about that one, but I'm super interested in that. I play Catan pretty re religiously. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of board games. Yeah. Um, the Goat Dairies, Kristen Hammock had her on the Free Georgia podcast. Her farm. Yeah, she she makes goat cheese, goat milk, all sorts of stuff with goats who are hysterical. Like goats are just <laughs> funny animals. Man. Yeah. I watch my Instagram every now and then. Yeah, yeah, they're ridiculous. <laughs> they make no sense. <laughs> um, Some of them are friends with dogs too. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And man, we just have so many really cool people showing up to this thing. I got I interviewed Dave Miller, who's doing the first aid training, and me and my wife are going to take the actual like trauma course that he's offering. That's and, awesome. What what does that involve? Like CPR um, stuff like that. CPR is the like basic component, but like applying tourniquets, what to do, like how to like, um, what's the one where they you stick something down somebody's throat to help them breathe. In intubate. Yes. Stuff like that. And so um, any type of heavy trauma, basically oh, there it is, yeah. enough to um, to quell what's happening so that a paramedic could actually get there. And, and that's such uh, an important skill man i mean i i, I want to go to that now but my mom she had an illness for uh, many many years and it there was a ton of occasions where uh i, I found myself having to call 911 in, in the middle of the night and it's my, my dad he knew a lot of what to do just because we had learned over the years but it's like the first times you get in situations like that, it, it's just a helpless feeling. I mean, there's like nothing you can do unless you have some sort of training or experience with it. So it's just like everything that you would need, as you mentioned earlier, when you're thinking about what, what to do when the shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. All of these things. These are the things at this festival that you do when the shit hits the fan. Yes. And that guy right there, King Randall. That guy is amazing. When he was 18 or 19, he decided the school system sucks and yeah, he's right. <laughs> created his own school, his own boarding school for boys. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to make my own school. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and his goal is to, in his town, have uh, have public school eradicated within the next 10 years. That's awesome, dude. And I'm guessing are these like students who've been through his program? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Uh, Suzanne Shepard is not. Maxine is actually a member of LP Georgia. Uh, she does. a. She works a lot behind the scenes. With oh, LP very Georgia. cool. So she'll be very talking cool. on that on that panel as well. Yeah, firearms, community exchange systems, citizen mm -hmm. journalism. You guys got everything covered here. I, yeah. I would recommend checking it out if you're in Georgia, for sure. And, you know, if you're not, maybe next year you make plans to be here because this is, this is great stuff here, man. This is like yeah. it's everything you need. So congratulations on putting that together. It's impressive. I'm glad you're doing uh, all that good work. Heck yeah, well, man. We it, appreciate that. Anything else you want to tell people about the great crit? I have a few more things I want to I want to talk to you about, but it, did, I, did I forget anything? I want to make sure people get the full yeah, uh, knowledge I, they need. 
I don't think you forgot anything. Uh, one of the things we're definitely wanting to highlight, it's the first on the list is, is cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. I know Shane Hazel mm -hmm. like talks about that a lot. He just yeah. started um, a company called the Bitcoin Maximalist, and it's just all about education and getting people educated on Bitcoin. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that's a big one. And again, this is like our pilot pilot year. We've never done something like this before. So the fact that we're able to get all these people there the first year just means the next few years are going to be pretty stellar. Um, we're, we're thinking attendance is going to be pretty good this year, which only means it's going to grow next year if we put on a good show, which we are. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. My wife and I are going to be there all weekend. Um, we're going to be showcasing our other company, which is called Vanarchy. Um, where we turn vans and buses and stuff into tiny homes for folks. So <laughs> that's cool, dude. Yeah. Do you have one of those? Yeah, we'll be showing it there. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. So what how like what's it like? How big is it? Uh so like Sprinter Van, you can get a big one. Um big is very relative. So like right. 100, 150 square feet, basically. But we've got like in the van, we've got a full, like we've got a fridge, toilet, shower. Stovetop, we storage, bed, table, like it's a, uh, yeah, that's the one we're showing at the at the festival. It's going to be pretty great. That's, uh, that's crazy, man. I didn't realize that you could survive in this world without having uh, three bedrooms and a finished basement. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, <laughs> we're not taught that. <laughs> that's it. that's great, man. You you have so many uh, skills that are useful. And yeah, I, I can thank my dad and granddad for that one because yeah. they've, they've taught me carpentry from when I was you know child. <laughs> That's cool. So I, I've always, I've always admired woodworkers like that. Just be uh, the ability to craft something that looks so fine and, and uh, precise. Yeah, my buddy Chris, um, he works at a place called Barn Beautiful, down in where is he at? It's just south, just southeast of of Atlanta. Man, that dude is a craftsman. Like yeah. I make, I make stuff that's good and like looks fine. But if you were to really like zoom in and look at the details, you'd be like, Jake, this use needs some work. His is, his are like masterpieces. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be like, you made that. It's amazing. Like maybe <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But uh barn beautiful. If you go check out their website and their store, man, they make some great stuff. Yeah. Do you ever make stuff for films that you shoot? Like, uh, stage um, or uh, you know, I, I did a I did a production called Fun World where all of the weapons were futuristic, handcrafted. Nice, uh, it, it was super cool. That's cool. Yeah, we did make we did make some things. We made some uh, like landing zones for for a film that's actually going to be at the festival as well. Um, but I haven't I haven't shot much like narrative stuff recently. I've mainly done documentary stuff. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while since I actually like directed actors and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you know, actors can be a little crazy sometimes, but also <laughs> it can be a whole lot of fun. Totally, dude. You went to uh, SCAD, right? Yeah, yeah, I went to SCAD in Savannah. And is it? Do you work on a Tyler Perry show? Is that right? Am I getting that right? My my wife does. Okay, she works for right. Tyler Perry quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So. What about your podcast? I know you have been doing uh, Liberty Libations, uh, a new live stream. You've mm -hmm. been doing what you got, about 20 shows in or something like that? Yeah, tonight will be number 22. It's it's a good time. Me and we we kind of solidified our core group of folks. At first, it was just me and whoever else wanted to come on. <laughs> right. And we just, I pick out three or four topics that I want to talk about. And man, we go off the deep end. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's a lot it, of fun. It's very unstructured. And we, yeah, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff that isn't on, on the docket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a great time uh, when I was on it with you. What, so yeah. what, what's on your mind right now? I know you got that show tonight. So what's like, what topics in the news are, are piquing your interest the most? We're going to be talking about Tucker and Don Lemon. Um, Don Lemon. And, right. Yeah. And the pros and cons of, of that whole situation. We're going to talk about more bank collapses, um, which, you know, yeah. they're happening more and more and some pretty dang big ones. I mean, the fact that the seventh, like one of the largest banks in the history of the world collapsed and it was <laughs> only in the news for a week is this guy, yeah, horrendous. Yeah. Let's get back to uh, uh, racial division and all the other stuff. Yeah. Like, let, let's not worry about money and the economy and the thing that keeps all of us going. Like, let's just, I, I just let's don't think people back understand back. it well enough or, mm -hmm. it, and they don't they don't position it in a way in the news to where it, it, it cap captures and engage people's attention 
because that's just not, they just want to do the culture war stuff all the time. Well, economics is boring. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like it, it's not it, the, uh, the best book I've ever read um, on economics was a creature from Jekyll Island. And it was because he made it interesting. Right. Yeah. You know, it's he, a he huge a story. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to listen to it. I can't read that whole thing. I yeah. On a time. <laughs> totally dude. It, 10 years ago, I used to read all the time. Like I, I read so many books. Now I'm just like, unless I can read a book in like 10 minutes, I just, it's hard. There's so much stimulation and they overwhelm us, which, you know, there's a, a purposeful intent to some of that. We see the way they try and uh, um, make people addicted to the social media and whatnot, mm. which has its uses and also definitely ha has its bad side. But yeah, economics is super boring. I'm an economics, economics major and I don't understand economics. So, and I did good in it too, but I don't have a clue what's going on half the time. Uh, yeah. When it comes to the economy, there's so many people manipulating things behind the scenes. Where, yeah. Where, you know, it's, it's absurd. Totally absurd. So that, I did a show on what I think is going on with Tucker the other day. I, you, you want me to tell you what I think is going on? You might yeah. have a similar thought about it. Um, everybody acted surprised about all that. Mm. Was it surprising about anything about that was not surprising to me because that was obviously going to happen because my thinking on it was. Like, I, I look at all of this stuff going on internationally, especially, as through the Great Reset lens that we all talked about when, you know, in 2020, when that first became popularized, that term. And I, I can see where all of those things connect. Like, it, it seemed very apparent to me back then that they want the U.S. to take a step back in the world stage. And they want to implement this system of control through ESG, through the global corporations and whatnot, like a social credit score. And they have to take these series of steps to, to make that happen. And we can see a lot of those steps, uh, you know, happening. And the Ukraine-Russia war was the first war of the Great Reset. And to me, I'm like, okay, this is obviously... I think going to be what leads us to world war three. I just, it just seems clear that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, totally. I, I think we really are too. And when you imagine like maybe six months, a year from now, let's say we do, we, we actually are like, okay, we're sending troops on the ground to Ukraine to fight against Russia or to ta Taiwan to fight against China. We are in open war with them. If that's the case, do you think it would be allowable to go on Fox news and question the multi-billion dollar weapons packages that we send to Ukraine or to express any dissident opinions at all? No, absolutely not. They always censor dissident opinions leading up to a war. And so Tucker's, the, what he was presenting, what he, so Tucker started to sound like people like us. He mm -hmm. took stuff that we talk about and put it on Fox News. Now, whether you think Tucker is like some sort of op or not, that, that's beside the point. But he, he gave a bigger platform to those perspectives and now those perspectives are pretty much officially banned from those platforms, I believe, because they do not want people expressing them. They want to scare people into silence leading up to a war. I mean, they jail dissidents at wartime. There was a, a guy who ran for president in the, in the 20s during World War I who was put into in prison, and he ran from prison. For, for president. He got like a million votes, and the reason that he was put in prison is because he was anti-war. Mm-hmm. It's a consistent pattern, and everybody's their explanations. I heard one that was like, well, I think Tucker was fired because he was Rudolph, uh, Murdoch's, the woman he was going to marry. He, he was her favorite host, and when they broke off their, their wedding engagement, he wanted to get back. Rupert Murdoch wanted to get back at that girl, and so she took away her favorite host. I'm like, I, I don't think that's the case. I, you yeah, know? I think so. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a little bit more than that. I mean, yeah. he, he rakes in money for Fox News. Like that, what did the, didn't they lose something like a billion dollars the first day he got fired or something like that? Something like, like that. They lost man. so much money. I saw so many people canceling their Fox accounts and all that crap because just because Tucker. And it's great. Like he, He's not great on everything, but he's definitely good on, on war right now. Um, absolutely that's like the most important thing you can be good on at this moment yeah and that was the mismatch that you saw with fox because we would hear him say stuff at least for me i'd, I'd go well, i can't believe he was allowed to say that mm. on fox news and then all the people earlier in the day are, are all for aid to ukraine are all for all the stuff and trying to figure out how they could allow both of those things on there was confusing it's not anymore. I think they revealed themselves to be the controlled opposition that we've always known them to be. And, you know, Tucker, it, my thing is just like always evaluate the content 
and the actions they're trying to encourage you to take connected to the content and what they're trying to make you believe. While the media is always like, just evaluate the source and only trust us as a source. So for people who are worried that Tucker could be some sort of uh, even you know, deep level controlled opposition for now because of his father's background being a high level propagandist and whatnot, I think you protect yourself from that simply by not allowing the fact that somebody says things that you like and even if you badly want to want to believe that they are on your side, the way to make sure that they are is to continue to question the, the content that they put out there and, and just verify it. That's it. We, we don't have to trust 100% anybody. Correct. Yeah, and absolutely. Absolutely. And it's absurd to think that like out of the however many hosts Fox News has, like you can't have one that has a different opinion than all the others. Like that's <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Everybody that has crazy? the same thing. <laughs> How that was a smear. It was like, uh, well, Tucker says one thing in email and something very different to his audience. As though the job of a journalist is, is to only agree with the people they report on. That's not the job of a journalist. Like, you can be a journalist and not like someone, but also report truthful things about them. But they act like you, you have to love someone in order to say nice things about them. On, it's, just so, it's not journalism. It's twisted propaganda that they're trying to normalize. That's exactly what it is. It's, yeah, I can't stand yeah, them. Disheartening. <laughs> it, it really is. But it's disheartening, but it's also empowering to recognize it because mm -hmm. it, th those barriers, it's like when I was talking about uh, applying for jobs years ago, is I used to think you had to do it the other way. But once I realized that it was all bullshit, then it's freeing. And I, I look at the news in the same way. They try and create these limitations on what you believe about reality and what you think you can do. But once you realize it's all bullshit, then there are no limitations on, on what's possible. So I have a question for you. I just saw this today, and you're, you're, in the, you're a filmmaker. Okay. I love the movie White Men Can't Jump, the original one, my favorite movie probably of all time. Okay. I saw the trailer today for the reboot of White Men Can't Jump, which... Oh, no. Uh, yeah, God, I was so... I didn't I was, even know they were remaking I, it. I heard that like uh, maybe a year and a half ago that they were going to reboot it, and I said, that's really stupid. And then it, I didn't hear anything else about it. And I was just kind of hoping that it had faded away and never got produced. And then I saw the trailer today. And it is the most cringeworthy trailer uh, for a movie one that I've ever seen. It's obviously going to be a terrible cash grab reboot. And it just, there's nothing wrong with White Men Can't Jump, dude. Why would you remake that movie? I don't know. That's my question to you. As someone in the film industry, why are they rebooting? The the f almost perfect perfect movie of yeah. white men can't jump. I man, that is bizarre. With with a rapper, with <laughs> I know. Why, <laughs> right. like, why? I don't understand. Get somebody who's like on Woody Harrelson's level if you're gonna do that. Like that's absurd. I don't. Man, they're trying to replace Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. How that? No, uh, dude. And they they try and kind of like mimic some of the classic scenes from that movie in the trailer. Like, you know, it's not going to be good when the trailer is filled with scenes of them doing exact parallels that are obvious call outs to the original, except clearly a lot worse yeah, than, than right the original. <laughs> are you? So it's, bad, it's so man. bad, dude. It's <laughs> oh so bad. God. It's so and it's all like polished and soap opery. It's really just it looks terrible it feels terrible yeah i what and what are the your mama jokes going to be your mama's so fat <laughs> she should be on the cover of sports illustrated and worshipped i mean you can't even do the your mama jokes anymore you can't do any of the good stuff that they did in that movie no i, I don't i i never understood why they remake movies that are good like i understand remaking a terrible movie like that what was that one with bradley cooper and lady gaga um that singer one oh. remember that one yeah, I don't remember like the, the name of it. was like the fourth time that movie was remade, and it's because it sucked the first three. Nobody times. got it right the first few times. <laughs> yeah. Right. So a lot of people don't even realize they made the, the first few versions of it, so it's fine. Yeah. But why, a classic movie, and it hasn't even been that long, you know? Uh, I mean, we're on 30, what, 31 I guess it years. has been. <laughs> I guess been it just feels like it hasn't been. Yeah. yeah that movie was like my childhood. I loved it. If you're going to remake something that was good, you have to make it almost completely different, like a, a, a different concept. It's got it's it's got to be slightly like pretty substantially different than what the original was. Um, but most likely you're just going to butcher it and people are going to hate it. You know, they should have done it. it absolutely. They, they, they should have had it 
be like a female focused and it's uh, a transgender uh, woman who just dominates Dude, and white men can't jump. What? Yeah. Yeah. Can we, there you can go. We, can we make that movie? <laughs> uh, dude, I, I, I had some ideas that I presented to my friend that were like, dude, we can really make fun of some of this woke stuff. Uh, he didn't want to do them because everybody he knows that he works with would probably be mad at him. Mm. One of them was like, and this was weird, man, because this actually like happened kind of. So I kind of felt bad, even though mm. we didn't actually do it. But this kind of happened after I was uh, talking about it. I was like, dude, he, he always wanted to play the Punisher, my friend did. Okay. And he's a he's a great actor, a funny guy, and he has a, a production studio. And I was like, we should do a thing where you get to play the Punisher. And if you've seen, have you seen the Punisher show on? Oh yeah, yeah. So you know the scene where Punisher goes in to the it's like a pawn shop, and he's getting a gun uh, that doesn't have any markings on it, okay. and he's like, hey, give me give me the camera footage too. And he gets the gun, the camera footage. He starts to walk out and leave. And as he's leaving, the sleazy uh, pawn shop guy goes, all right, pal, I've also got some, some videos of some girls. Some of them as young as 12, you know. And Punisher stops, kind of turns his head. Then he goes and locks the door, turns around, and, and comes back yeah. to, to that guy. And that guy's like, all right. And then Punisher pulls out. He's about to, he's, it implies that he's about to kill the guy right. for being a, a, a perv. And I'm like, we do that scene exactly, almost, Except as Punisher's walking away, uh, pu pu Punisher, the guy goes, all right, sir, we got videos of girls, some as young as 12. And then, and then Punisher stops, he turns his head, and he goes, what did you say? And he goes, we got videos with girls, some as young as 12. And he goes, no, the other thing. And the guy goes, all right, sir. And he goes, that's what I thought you said. Then he turns around, and he says, my name is Frank Castle, and my pronouns are they, them. And he, he murders the guy. <laughs> Dude, that's such a good scene. I would, yes, why don't you make that scene? That's great. <laughs> People would be outraged by that if we made that scene. Ah, get together with Daywalker Comedy. She'd do it. Yeah. yeah. Not, I like stuff like that, but... Yeah, I mean, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. That's such a good, like, turn... Like you, you wouldn't be expecting it. People know that scene because that was a that was a good scene. Uh, yeah, anybody who's watched The Punisher knows that. Like that would be a really yeah, that's a really good twist right at the end. I love that. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, dude. Let's give a little bit of time for some of that uh, freaking. Uh, see, every time you want to talk or joke about anything, then some sort of mass shooting happens, and it's like, well, I guess I can't talk about that anymore for a little while. Man, yeah, mass shootings. That the one they're not covering. Have you seen that one in Alabama? I don't. I don't know. Uh, shot up a sweet 16 birthday party. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. N not one word in the media, but it, I wonder why that is. I, it, they just, it's so, I mean, it's not arbitrary. They serve a narrative, the ones they select, but it just, the way people focus their outrage onto just what the one the media tells them to, and they just ignore all the other ones. It's just such a demonstration uh, of brainwashing. I, I saw Charles Barkley does NBA tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, have been watching basketball, the playoffs. Hawks got a big win the other night. And apparently Charles Barkley is going to be doing a show on CNN with Gail King. And so they brought Gail King onto NBA tonight with Shaq and Kenny Smith and uh, Ernie Johnson. And th that's the show where there's a bunch of dudes joking around and, yeah. you know, Barkley making fun of fat women and stuff like that, which I think is inter interesting. CNN's like, well, let's get Don Lemon out because he's a gay misogynist and bring in Charles Barkley, who who's just hilarious about making fun of fat women all the time. I mean, I don't know if they know what they're getting into there, but they don't. Him and, <laughs> him and Gail King, Barkley tells Shaq, he goes, well, I don't want our show, uh, our CNN show to, to be political. And I'm like, well, their show's launching in 2024, probably going to be the most divisive political presidential campaign ever. And they're going to be, it's going to be hard not to make it political. And then a little bit later, Kenny Smith goes, well, what's the show going to be like, Charles? And, and after saying he doesn't want it to be political, Charles starts talking about all the mass shootings. And, and he's like citing these mass shootings and only one of them was a mass shooting. All of the others were like individual shootings. And yeah. I'm like, God, Charles, I don't think you can riff there like you can here about mass shootings, dude. That dude's all over the place, man. He he on uh, he did March Madness this year. He, he was, yep. they, they invited him to broadcast there and do the analysts and, or analyzing and stuff like that. And he was caught on camera, like talking about how politicians are all idiots they should all stay right. out of our lives forever and it's like absolutely yeah, 
Barkley. You're, yeah, he you're says some great it. stuff. Yeah, he, sometimes. I know. He's like all over the place, though. It's like he just, whatever comes in his head, he just says it. <laughs> and that's what I like about him. I, I, I mean, sometimes I disagree with some of the things he says, but yeah. he, uh, he seems to me to at least be a reasonable person and not afraid to say what's on his mind, which means he probably won't last very long. Yeah. I, I met him once. That dude is massive. <laughs> he looks like, like he is. Dude. His hand just like enveloped mine in the handshake. It was <laughs> really terrifying. You don't realize how big NBA players are when you see them on TV because they're all massive. <laughs> and it's like that one guy is really tiny. But then if you meet that one guy, he like towers over you. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Barkley is just a beast. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's hilarious too. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I played in a basketball game where there was a guy who was seven feet tall on the other team, and I dribbled up the court and I pulled up for a three. The guy was down by the goal on the block, and somehow he blocked it. Like, how do you block a three pointer from from the block, man? Yeah, you're seven. You're seven feet tall. That's how. That's, that's no good. <laughs> I don't like playing seven footers. Yeah, I don't either. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy. So, all right. Is there anything else you're working on you want to tell people about or just anything that you want to uh, let people? Yeah, know? Uh, I'm working on it's kind of a follow up. I'm, I'm continuing working with that music producer from Endure Lebanon. Uh, we're doing one with veterans this time. Uh, we couldn't travel outside of the U.S., you know, during the lockdowns and everything. So we started shooting. Um here in here in the states with you know veterans who have you know a lot of them have gone through some yeah. horrendous stuff and you know yeah. i have mixed emotions on like their motivations for going to war and all that kind of stuff but like man at the end of the day the stuff they went through is pretty horrific and yeah. i mean it seems not, to change them yeah. like yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't get highlighted enough and like their their story isn't told ever on like a personal enough level for people mm -hmm. to really get it um, right. There are a few movies out there that are pretty decent at it, but like not a lot of people watch those movies. And so, um, yeah, if you go to peacefulcproductions.com, um, that's my, that's my website. And, um, we'll, you know, I release all my movies on there and endure veterans will be coming out mid next year, probably. Very so, cool, dude. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Veterans, not all of them, obviously, but I, I've met a, a number of them who I, I was pleasantly surprised when I, I heard them talking i'm like they they went to war for whatever reason because uh the the propaganda machine of recruiting people into the war with these basic appeals which now they use these e-girls these e-gamer girls that are really hot girls saying come yes, fight in the war with me like psychological warfare dudes show up to the war and they're like where's the hot chick who recruited me it's just a bunch <laughs> of other dudes and, and uh and they hand them a gun while they're all angry uh they they are like yeah, it was all BS. It was they're very awake to what happened and they don't like it anymore. Yeah. And my uncle, I remember the first time I talked to my uncle, he's a Vietnam vet and, and he opened up one time to me about uh, his his thoughts on all that. And I was like, "Man, that's that's exactly what I believe. I had no idea." Yeah. It's crazy. It is yeah. crazy. I can't I, I would not want to go like what a terrible thing, you know, mm. to to have to be in that situation where you've been convinced that whoever it is you're fighting against is evil and inhumane enough that they need to be killed. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah I, yeah, I don't like it at all. I'm very anti-war. It's been happening throughout history, man. Like if there's someone in power, they find a way to convince people that other people deserve to die. And it's yep. just sucks, it's dude. Yeah. It sucks. Let's get, I know I told you we'd get out of here under an hour. So let me, one last thing. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. What are your thoughts on all the AI business going on? I think uh, it's a useful tool that will probably be our downfall. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, we do trivia on Liberty Libations now, and I get all my questions from ChatGPT, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I, mean, I saw you post a ChatGTP thing. <laughs> it's great, yeah, that's why I asked. It's so, it's, it's really interesting. It's fun to mess with, yeah. It is fun to mess with. I, th I, I, I never thought that like machines would replace artists and now I am dead wrong. Like you think oh, that's going to happen, dude, you can, you can go to some of these like AI artist websites and they'll mock something up into like our Liberty libations. Our logo is, is from a AI dude. I, I, yeah. This image behind me is yeah. mid journey. I, I love going on mid journey and trying to, I, I just, I'll make themed images for whatever it is I'm talking about. And, and I, you can see, 
what other people, if you don't do it in the direct message, you can see what other people are making too. And so yeah. other people will be like, let me see a beautiful uh, sunset by a river with uh, a quilt and a couple of in love um, having a picnic. And I'm like, imagine Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp humping on the steps of the Capitol in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so people are getting a show with yours yeah sure. i try to make them as ridiculous as possible in fact I, I tweeted out a string of very very uh kind of uh visually offensive ones of uh, joe biden where it took me a while to figure out how to get it to put boobs on joe biden because it actually banned me for a little while the first few times i tried it oh, but wow. i figured it out so there's a very busty joe biden uh That's throughout right. my feed he could right just now. use bill gates he already has those that's true bill gates does have uh <laughs> bill gates like he's a little beak up there he's developed quite nicely cornelius wolfshirt says looking forward to seeing the veteran movie very cool heck yeah um yeah, man, my, my job's going to be obsolete at some point because they, they have that video AI now that you can just type in exactly what you want in a scene. Does it and work? Just render it. I mean, it doesn't work very well now, but neither did the artistry stuff. The paintings didn't work well like a year and a half ago, but now they're amazing. Right. Well, I think one of the, the they are good, but uh, people are going to eventually stop putting stuff online, you know, mm. or they'll put it behind a paywall that the tech the tech isn't allowed to go through and then the ai will not have anything new to scrape to make stuff so it, it could become stagnant that is unless we reach the singularity and it's it becomes sentient and right. terminators show up yeah let's yeah, not do that yeah totally it's yeah ter ter terminators are going to show up at our door and apparently according to the best skills this ai has they're going to kill us with haikus <laughs> perfect that's that's how i always thought i'd die so <laughs> yeah. <it> makes sense <laughs> yeah all right jake thanks again for coming on the show i appreciate it thank you guys for watching for watching for listening and we'll talk to you next time have a fantastic rest of your day thanks brad thank you